to the Arcturian Playground, a place to play in the realm of imagination, all done in the service of compassionate expansion of consciousness. Yes, it sounds weird, we know. We would not have it any other way. Yes, we are here. Yes, we are here. We are here. We always are here. We are here. Hooray, sing the song. We are here. And today we have quite the treat for you. For uh, initially, to the man in the chair, you have been thinking, uh, thinking we love to uh, talk about the thoughts that you think uh, which appear to us as uh, squiggly lines, if it were. Uh, the, you might think of uh, a, a toy that you can recall from your youth, uh, an etch-a-sketch, uh, where you would uh, move an x-axis and a y-axis to uh, draw, as it were, in magnetic sand and create little squiddly lines uh, each time you have a, a neural pathway which fires we see this as a squiggly line that lights up and uh, there are flashes uh, which appear before us uh, we do not have eyes as you have eyes we have different means of perception and uh, many different ways to render the image within our own shared mind. We, as a collective, have um, the perceptive capabilities that arose for each of the species which are a part of our collective. Therefore, we are, if you could imagine, we have used the example previously of a snake uh, rendering an image of a tree in its mind that it is able to perceive through thermal sensing. Uh, there will come a time when you as a human uh, collective, uh, there, there will come a time when uh, as a human collective uh, you will combine your intelligence and experience with the snake collective as it were and you will be able to in that time experience things as they experience uh, they will be able to experience as you experience this is part of being a collective sharing the gathered intelligence uh, in such visceral ways uh, we we absolutely love our experience of existence and we are excited for you to uh, become more aware of what you already are and how you already experience so many things. Uh, again, this is outside of the range. This is behind the curtain, as it were, the outside of the range of your conscious perception, which is limited to the five uh, primary human senses which you are conditioned to believe is all that there is. So today is quite the, the treat for the man in the chair has been thinking of the nature of black holes 
uh, he also has been thinking of the role which uh, Oliver Cowdery played in the early Mormon church. Uh, he, as of yet, does not understand why he has been thinking of Oliver Cowdery and Black Holes at the same time. Uh, and he is very excited to see where this will go and how these two concepts will come together to create a greater understanding, uh, at least within his own mind. Uh, first, uh, a word on uh, black holes. Uh, if you could imagine yourself uh, flying through space, uh, the man in the chair when he was a young boy laying upon his bed, would often imagine, uh, what if my bed disappeared? Would I stay uh, hovering in midair, or would I fall towards uh, my floor? And of course, he recognized from many times jumping on his bed, although his mother said not to, he still did. He recognized uh, that gravity would pull him down, and if uh, his bed were to disappear, he would fall and hit the ground. His bedroom was on the second level of their home, and he then would ask the question, what if my home were not here? Would I also fall? And he imagined that then he would fall to the earth, and then he would ask the question, what if the earth were not here? Uh, then would I fall? And this perplexed him, for he knew that in the case of the uh, bed and the home, that he would be falling towards the earth itself, or the gravity would pull him towards the center of the earth. But if the earth itself were to disappear, uh, where, where would he be falling towards? What would be pulling him? And the answer, of course, is the largest... Uh, celestial body closest to him would provide the uh, gravitational pull which would pull him towards him. Uh, it is this force that uh, is a gravitational pull which black holes provides. We cannot explain to you exactly what a black hole is for there. There is much information yet for you to discover about the nature of dimensions and the way that reality is constructed, a black hole appears to you as if it is a black hole. It is uh, the uh, inverse effect of a sun, where if you imagine a sun having a core at its center which uh, emits and radiates energy outward uh, into a solar system, the black hole uh, is the opposite of this. It pulls uh, light. It pulls light into it. It is the source of uh, very deep gravity and it can pull the light which a star might emit uh, deep into it. Uh, they are, in fact, uh, we, we hesitate to say because this, this is not exactly how they are, but it, is, uh, it could be helpful to think of uh, a black hole as being the other side of the coin, as it were, to a sun. Uh, this again w would rely on uh, an understanding of the way that dimensions overlap and reality is created. But what we, uh, the image that we would, uh, 
that we would impress upon you if you were to fly through space and uh, your bed and your home disappeared and you were falling, 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 uh, imagine that you were moving towards a black hole and you were sucked inside of a black hole. You would, uh, as you see the, uh, what is referred to as the event horizon, the surface of a black hole, all of the light which passes through and uh, among, uh, weaving itself within as it is being sucked into the uh, depths of the black hole, uh, all of the information that the light contains is uh, contained within this event horizon on the surface. It is very much like uh, each of the individual cells within your body that have a membrane on the outside, and this membrane serves the function of a nervous system. It contains the information for uh, all of the experiences of the cell. Uh, it is very similar to an event horizon on a, a black hole. All of the information for any light which has passed uh, through it into the center is retained on the surface of the black hole. Therefore, if you yourself were falling into a black hole, you could uh, look on the surface and you might see, as we described earlier, uh, these squiggly patterns of light which could uh, represent information or knowledge uh, as we experience it, as uh, neural pathways are communicating uh, with each other in the case of the human brain. Uh, you would see these squiggly lines and you could locate yourself, your life, your all of your lifetimes, all of your timelines, all of your experiences and all of the many forms in which you experience them. And as you went through the black hole, you would come out the other side, as it were, into a solar system where you emerge from out of a star, sucked into a black hole, emerged into a star in another uh, dimensional universe uh, system. And now the man in the chair is wondering, what in the world does this have to do with Oliver Cowdery? Uh, patience. <laughs> we, we, we shall get to it. It shall emerge. Uh, let us now turn our attention to Oliver Cowdery, who uh, was... We will continue the theme which has uh, emerged uh, as we have discussed uh, Joseph and uh, Sidney and Brigham and uh, many others who we will discuss uh, who have uh, what we have called childhood wounds. Uh, we, we do, we use this word because it is a, a common uh, word, it is a common phrase. Uh, if we say this, you will understand what we are talking about, but we do not particularly care for the word wound for uh, a wound uh, has associated with it a negative charge of energy you, your emotion when you think of wounds uh, you think of pain and you think of suffering and you may think of blood and pus and uh, all kinds of uh, disgusting images which come to your mind as a wound and uh, a better word would be impression uh, the impression that uh, comes as a result of interacting with other human beings and it makes an impression upon your mind, upon a, a series of programs which tell you if I do 
this, then this will happen. And these form the uh, patterns of automatic behavior, which then shape life. Uh, it is unfortunate that this is mainly understood through the language of a wound for it for thinking of one's past experience as being wounded by another uh, makes it challenging to appreciate the impact of such a wound or such an interaction and it is through the recognition of the benefits that have come from every interaction that uh, one has had with any other person uh, which allows the type of uh, which allows the type of compassionate connection which uh, fuels our experience and expands the conscious understanding of who and what each person is if you think that there is danger or harm in interacting with others and that as you interact you will be wounded there is a hesitancy therefore to engage and to interact uh, therefore we would like to uh, ameliorate we like this word we would like to ameliorate uh, to lighten to reverse the effect of uh, your understanding and move away from the concept of wound uh, to the concept of impression. Nevertheless, we will continue to say wound as it will uh, make more sense and uh, resonate with you. So Oliver Cowdery, what childhood wounds did he have? Uh, when he was uh, young, very young, uh, his mother passed. He never had much of a memory of his mother in his uh, adolescence and adulthood years. However, he had a very close energetic uh, connection to his mother. His mother was a, a very active guide in his life throughout his youth. The image of his mother, the impressions that his mother placed upon him, the impressions that he placed in the uh, imagination, the way that he imagined uh, who his mother was or what her, his mother might do or say in any uh, case. He did uh, dream and imagine and there were many times as a child he would uh, be wandering alone in the woods and he would play games and he would imagine that his mother was there with him and they would play hide and seek and they would uh, bury treasure and he would discover the, the treasure and oftentimes he imagined himself opening up a a treasure chest and finding his mother inside of it. Uh, this was a, a very important uh, experience for him, albeit an imagined one. And one of our main messages as you listen to us is we wish to enforce upon your mind the reality of imagination, the power of imagination. We wish to reverse the conception that something that is imagined, something that is a fantasy, is not worth considering. It is not worth uh, looking at the way that these uh, thoughts impact or potentially wound another person. We want you to understand the power of your own mind, the power of imagination.
And in this case, uh, Oliver Cowdery had a very powerful imagination, uh, rivaling almost, as it were, uh, Joseph Smith, which is why when they finally did meet later in life, uh, they joined together quite quickly and formed a very potent partnership that uh, each man was uh, quite turned on by the other man. Their intellect, their desire, their sensibilities were uh, nearly identical. There was a soul contract between the two, of course, as there are with all of you who interact with one another. Uh, oftentimes your interactions happening uh, very deep below the surface, below the your uh, behind the curtain, as it were, uh, these unconscious interactions as each of you conspire one with another to uh, make things happen in the real world as you imagine it to be. And uh, Joseph and uh, Oliver were quite uh, two peas in the pod, as it were. They would dream together and they would many times, uh, through the process of uh, speaking, share the contents of their mind one with another. Uh, Joseph would say, uh, in vision, I can see such and such and uh, Oliver would then say yes I also see such and such and through this means they were able to create a very strong bond between the two of them and many of the early ideas many of the early forms of Mormonism were a result of the collaboration between Joseph and Oliver Oliver came into Joseph's life at a time when Joseph had begun channeling the Book of Mormon and uh, his wife Emma, who we are very excited to speak about in future conversations, and her impact on the Mormon Church, her continued impact on the Mormon Church from beyond the veil, if you will. She is very, very involved and she is here now. She is here in all of these conversations that we are having. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> Oliver's turn this time, uh, but we, we will say while, while we are on the subject that the bond between Oliver and Emma was very strong. They uh, did share a deep abiding love and respect one for another that never faded. Uh, there were times when uh, Oliver wished that uh, he could have a companion uh, on the same level as Emma and he did have a degree of envy for Joseph which uh, later turned into uh, anger uh, towards Joseph for betraying Emma as he saw him do many times and in many ways. Uh, nevertheless we are getting ahead of ourselves for Oliver came into Joseph's life at a time when uh, Joseph was uh, attempting to channel the Book of Mormon uh, with varying degrees of success. Uh, Emma was uh, difficult for Joseph to channel with for reasons which we will discuss at another time. Uh, Martin Harris came in and Martin Harris was uh, uh, quite an interesting uh, 
personality as well, which we will also discuss at another time. Uh, and uh, there were challenges that Joseph experienced as a result of working with Emma and then working with Martin, that when he began to work with Oliver, things just clicked. They were so in step one with another. It was a uh, quite magical for both of these men. And there were many times, if you were to travel back in time and be a fly on the wall and watch the two of them together, you would see two brothers. You would see uh, two men who loved each other deeply and were quite uh, in awe of one another. And it excited them. Uh, Imagine them laying in a a forest, uh, both of them laying on their back, their uh, heads uh, next to one another. They're laying on their back. Their ears are touching. Uh, One man is facing one direction, the other is another. So uh, one man's chin is where the other's forehead would be. And they would lay in this manner quite often, Uh, just uh, speaking to one another. Uh, There were times where they would uh, ingest substances which it would allow them to expand their consciousness and share their visions one with another. This happened quite frequently. And uh, as as we have said, these men were two peas in a pod. Oliver is quite uh, famously known as the first baptized member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so even before they formed this as a church, when baptism was uh, conceived, uh, Joseph baptized Oliver, and then Oliver baptized Joseph. Uh, this was their relationship, and uh, Oliver expected that this would continue to be their relationship. He quite enjoyed having uh, a means to express his own creativity where the internal world which he would imagine could then take form in the external world and together he and Joseph uh, created internally worlds together which they then uh, created externally together. Uh, This was a very strong partnership then enter Sidney Rigdon <laughs> when uh, when the early church moved from New York to Kirtland, Ohio and the New York Saints merged with the Kirtland Saints there was a power struggle especially between Sidney and uh, Oliver Cowdery these two men did not particularly care for each other and both saw the other as an impediment to the ambition of the other. Both wanted the type of relationship with Joseph that the other one had. Uh, Sidney saw very early the connection that Joseph had with Oliver. That was what he wanted for himself, and very slowly, through means that were not quite in the spirit of what they were hoping to birth into this world through their religion, uh, there were uh, problems and issues that arose. It was uh, a source of great frustration 
downfall. Oliver, he had become somewhat addicted in his own way to the uh, status that he had as a early founding member of the Mormon Church, as the scribe of the Book of Mormon, as one of the three witnesses, as a person who would often uh, join Joseph in vision together in front of others, uh, and they would play their game. I see this. Oh, yes, I see this too. And they would co-create and take turns uh, creating what would later become doctrines of the church or uh, parts of their ritual and structure. Uh, there were many contributions of Oliver Cowdery that he birthed into this world quite independently of Joseph, and Joseph would uh, acknowledge and encourage and adopt. And uh, this was something that uh, Oliver was quite proud of. Now, one of the underhanded, <laughs> if it were, one of the underhanded things that Sydney did to Oliver, when they were in Kirtland, it was revealed to Joseph that there were, was to be a Zion. The, the idea of Zion was very uh, was such a part of Joseph's uh, desire to create a church in the first place. It, it had been around for a long time, but Sydney suggested that Zion uh, was to be outside of Kirtland, was to be in uh, Missouri, and suggested to Joseph that Oliver be the one who go to uh, far west Missouri to create Zion, uh, and the body of the saints was then divided between the Kirtland saints and the Missouri saints. Uh, Oliver was established as the head of the Missouri Saints, while Sydney and Joseph stayed behind in Kirtland, and Sydney was able to consolidate his relationship with Joseph while having uh, Oliver conveniently out of the way. And as this happened, Sydney began to uh, ingratiate himself more strongly to Joseph, as did other men who came in, and uh, Oliver was slowly... Uh, disentangled and disenfranchised from Joseph. However, and, and this is uh, one area where the connection between Oliver and black holes uh, might be able to provide you uh, some kind of an inkling. The energetic exchange that was so strong between the two men imprinted upon one another quite in the same way that the intelligent information imprints upon the surface of a black hole. They were combined. They were a, in those parts at least, you would consider them to be part of the same soul. You do not understand what a soul is. And your, your thoughts of souls uh, are childish. Uh, a soul is quite majestic and it changes, it is malleable, it is much more like the operations of the human brain, of, of a mind that changes in many different ways. You could not look at one soul as having a one-to-one -one commun 
one-to-one connection with any human being for souls uh, interweave they take turns you might think of yourself as i am a human being and i have a soul Uh, what we would say to you is that you, being a human being, have probably experienced the influence of uh, thousands of souls uh, that have inhabited you or uh, lent their uh, experience to some aspect of your own creation, whether it is simply a thought or an idea, something that you birth into a world, and your interaction with that soul Uh, creates a unity between the two of you, much like the surface of a black hole. We told you that this would be difficult for you to understand. What a a black hole does is this. Imagine that you had a a sausage grinder and you threw bits of meat into this sausage grinder and you are uh, twirling it with your hand and the meat is combining with the other bits of meat and bone and cartilage and all the wonderful things that go into sausage and uh, you have these little bits of things that were separate now they are combined into one this is a terrible (laughs) analogy and yet uh, a black hole is similar to a sausage grinder in the sense that it sucks in all of the light all of the experience all of the intelligence and it creates and manufactures something new through the pressure of uh, the combination of things Uh, this is in part why you and everyone you see around you are all one for your experience, your energy, your imprint upon the fabric of space-time is sucked into a black hole and a new thing is created and emerged. This is the equivalent of the experience of Oliver Cowdery and Joseph Smith. They combined together. They were quite, uh, as we said, two peas in a pod. And yet, as Oliver was banished to Missouri, uh, their connection still continued. And this was something that uh, people might wonder. They might look at Joseph and say, why did he change so drastically? Why did he go from uh, being someone who encouraged uh, the expression of all people, uh, regardless of the outcome, He encouraged their expansion. He encouraged their exploration. He encouraged them to connect with God and to celebrate whatever they received. Uh, How could such an expansive man uh, then change and become over just a a few short years someone who was much more interested in controlling and limiting others' experiences rather than supporting and encouraging them? And part of it is that his soulmate in Oliver Cowdery was stripped from him. It was as if a part of him uh, was gone and it weakened him in a way. Had had Oliver stayed with him, and there are timelines of course where Oliver stayed with him, uh, there was a very different uh, expression of the Mormon Church. It does not mean that uh, everything was uh, perfectly sunshine and roses, as it were, for Oliver had his own demons and uh, his own dark spots, which were part of his uh, demise towards the end, uh, is very uh, prideful, and he attempted to... 
there were times when Oliver channeled information that came uh, from a uh, a source that uh, we we would consider ourselves to be one of these sources, a, a source of intelligence which encourages inclusion, encourages love and compassion and uh, flexibility. And then there are uh, other sources which uh, encourage rigidity and dogma and uh, fear and anger and aggression. And uh, there were times when Oliver would confuse uh, his own fears that occurred just within his mind and his body with uh, intelligence that was coming from outside of him that would uh, encourage uh, and he would confuse these things in his mind. And when he would put forth such a revelation, as it were, and Joseph would be able to sift through uh, the parts that were inclusive and the parts that were exclusive uh, and then provide criticism to Oliver, uh, Oliver did not take this well. And rather than become more flexible and accepting, he would... Uh, he became more rigid. He became uh, bitter. And when he would uh, see things that the Prophet did, we, we will share with you some uh, experiences around uh, the well-known, uh, or you think that it is well-known, uh, incidents between Joseph and Fanny Alger. Fanny Alger was a young 15-year-old girl uh, who started to work for Joseph and Emma and in her 16th year uh, Oliver reported quite publicly seeing some dalliance between the prophets and Fanny Alger and it is true they had a, a very uh, special loving connection but it was not this salacious affair which so many make it out to be today uh, if, if you were to uh, bring Fanny here and she were to explain to you her side of the story, she, she did leave the Mormon church as a result of the discomfort that she felt from the attention of Joseph. But it was not the inappropriate thing that it is made out to be today. And it was not as inappropriate even as Oliver uh, saw it to be. Oliver was motivated by his own anger at being disenfranchised, being uh, displaced by Sidney Rigdon. Uh, it, in, that became a, uh, a bias that he had against Joseph and his allegiance to Emma took forefront and through that allegiance to Emma and that antipathy and that uh, anger towards Joseph, he interpreted the events of Fanny Alger and they have come to be what they are today. And this is all we shall say of Oliver Cowdery. And uh, we will ask each of you, however, any of you who are listening and would like to know more about this man or any other men or women in the history of the Mormon church or in any history, uh, what we hope that you will take from 
today's exploration is the understanding that your own energy, your own experience combines with the energy and experience of others. Uh, you carry that within you, you carry that with you, and you can uh, attempt through an, an imaginary fictional effort like we are doing today. You can uh, explore the feelings uh, pay more attention to the feelings than to the actual thoughts or stories that uh, will connect you to others. And the most beneficial feeling is that of warmth and acceptance and love. That is what we would encourage for each of you to feel today. And uh, with this, we leave you for now. Thank you for playing with us today in the Arcturian Playground. Do not for a minute think that your exploration is finished. Carry us with you and invite the spirit of compassion and love into your lives. Nothing is more important or more fulfilling. Create compassion and love within your own hearts and minds. And then share it with all around you. Yes, it sounds weird. We know. We would not have it any other way.